0: hello oh wait i should probably be holding this hello (laughs) welcome (laughs) hello welcome to the mediocre takes podcast the podcast where we share our mediocre takes on the shows and movies we watch i'm marco and i'm here with my co-host mel how are you doing mel
1: you know when someone asks you to do something and before you do it they say thanks like they're like can you open the blinds thanks for some reason whenever someone does that i get this huge surge in just primal rage and i sort of feel like bashing their head into the ground i'm not i don't like i think it comes for the fact that like when people say that it sounds so condescending even if we're not trying to but i hate condescending people and i just get really really mad um so anyway i've just been thinking about that
0: yeah it kind of does sound condescending when i think about it anyways today we're talking about shira the princess the princess or princesses
1: she and the Princesses of Power.
0: Oh okay, yeah, Princesses of Power. Season 3. This is probably my favorite season yet. I really like the last three episodes or so. I kind of forgot the next two seasons, so we'll see if that still stays the same. But yeah, let's just get into it.
1: Episode 1: The Price of Power. Shadowweaver makes it to Bright Moon where she becomes a prisoner. Adora talks to her and finds out about Hordak's plan to build a portal and take over Ethereum. Catra is sent to the Crimson Waste.
0: I really like the constant joke that the kingdom doesn't really have a prison. I really love the new plot in this episode. It's way better than the past plots in the last seasons. I forgot what plot I was talking about. I should probably write that down next time. Um, my bad i'm really interested to see why the shadows were coming off of shadow weaver like when she was sick and dying they were like falling off for some reason i don't know why i wish you got an explanation for that we probably never will
1: there are a few things that i'm going to point out in this season but i feel like in this season specifically there's a handful of stuff that just like they're little things but they're things that i really wish were explained Mm -hmm. but they never are
0: (laughs) oh so i think this is what i was talking about when i was talking about the plot stuff that I liked in this episode. I really love that we find out that Adora is the first one. Uh, It was really a great twist and I really love Adora's reaction to it. Okay, so Shadow Weaver says that Catra betrayed her when it was Shadow Weaver who betrayed Catra, which honestly pissed me off. Oh, I love that Adora calls out Shadow Weaver and doesn't fall for any of her tricks like last time.
1: Light Hope is a Bitch, for telling Adora that she doesn't have a choice and that this is her destiny. Imagine the lack of angst season five would have if that dumb blonde bitch didn't give up and believe that she can't decide her own future. I don't ever really go back to the other seasons, honestly. The one I watch on repeat is season five, which is objectively the best season. But this is definitely a show you need to watch at least twice back to back because watching Katra. Be at the mercy of Hordak, awaiting punishment, and then laughing in his face? Season 5, episode 3, anyone? Literally, you don't understand, I squealed when I heard her maniacal laughter. Episode 2, Huntara. Bo, Glimmer, and Adora gain Huntara as a guide in order to find where Mara's message is coming from in the Crimson Waste. Huntara tricks and abandons them, but after being persuaded by Shira, she shows them what they're looking for mars ship entrapta builds a new suit for the defected clone Hordax twink body
0: as someone has a twink body i am not offended <laughs> i hate how obvious the betrayal is in this episode honestly i really love entrapta and Hordax's side plot but i do not stand the romance we do not stand the romance here like she looks like a teen while he's a grown man i've heard some of the creators say she's 30 which doesn't make sense and then I heard other ones change their mind and said that she's actually a teenager, which also doesn't make sense in my eyes because he's, he's like a grown man, you know? It's honestly kinda gross.
1: Yeah, there are people who will cover their face and blush at Hordak and Entrapta, but will kill their firstborn before they stop talking mad shit about Catra and Adora. Those people do exist and they need to be eliminated. Literally, any scene with Entrapta and Hordak it made me physically sick.
0: They you to be nerded. Is that what it's called?
1: <laughs> Nerd? <Nerdered? laughs> Neutered? Yes. Yeah, Nerdier. I guess. <laughs> Shut up.
0: Uh, let's forget that I said that. Sometimes I forget that these characters are in a war because they really don't act like it. They aren't sometimes, especially Glimmer and Bo. Like, they literally went behind their parents' backs and disappeared, which is not something to do in a war. Also, I especially think this is a problem because Adora grew up in the Horde, and she should know better.
1: Huntara is a lesbian, confirmed. There was some funky animation going on during Hordak's explanation about Horde Prime, and I don't really know how to feel about it. Episode 3, Once Upon a Time in the Waste. Bo, Glimmer, Adora, and Huntara investigate the ship. They find out that Mara used a portal to send Etheria into Despondos to prevent death and destruction. Katra and Scorpia take over two gangs and successfully capture Adora before finding out where Shadow Weaver went. Catra is getting close to the edge.
0: I feel like we need a longer fight scene in this episode with both of the fights in this episode. They're kind of underwhelming. I hate the way everyone constantly beats down on Kyle. Like in this episode, Catra calls one of the lackeys Kyle, which is so dumb and annoying.
1: Okay. I personally didn't think well first of all I don't think it was dumb and annoying you always need a Kyle um I personally didn't think goat girl should have been assigned Kyle duty I think lizard lady should have taken that mantle um she just had that vibe to her
0: <laughs> oh I really like the ending scene and though that made sound bad I really like how angry Catra is I love the way she just sticks her hole deeper Why did Hordak let Scorpia go to the Crimson Waste if he thought no one survived there? Or maybe she, like, didn't let him know or anything?
1: I don't think he cared at all. He never, I don't think he ever once, like, acknowledged her existence, so. Yeah, that's fair. Catra's speech in the Crimson Waste bar felt like the monologue of a woman with nothing to lose, and if there's one thing everyone should fear, it's someone who has hit rock bottom. Scorpia truly never had a chance with Katra, and it hurts to see. Like, for Katra, it was Adora, is Adora, and will always be Adora. But I also think Scorpia is just experiencing a lesbian canon event, which is liking someone who doesn't like you. When I first saw this, I truly was scared for Katra when she found out Shadow Weaver left Bright Moon. Like, she has already committed war crimes, but with just how broken she sounded and looked, I wasn't at all surprised with what she did next. Also, pretty good depiction of disassociation. It couldn't possibly get worse for Kadra. This has to be her lowest point, dot dot dot. Episode 4, Moment of Truth. With Shadowweaver's help, Bo and Glimmer infiltrate the Fright Zone to rescue Adora and stop Hordak. Kadra, determined to destroy those that betrayed her, turn against everyone and opens the portal.
0: Okay, so plot hole time, how come Hordak was able to open a portal if Mara made it so that they couldn't create portals without something bad happening? Also, wouldn't it be bad for the planet as Entrapta says? I was kind of like confused on that. Or maybe I'm just wrong.
1: No, you're right. You're completely right. Like, he couldn't open a portal, which is why things went wrong. And everyone just like kind of ignored Entrapta. (laughs) Well, by everyone, I mean Catra Catra ignored Entrapta. Hmm, yeah. Anyway, Slee queen.
0: I feel like Glimmer is a really inconsistent character like she's always going back and forth on trusting her mother which is kind of realistic but this is also a TV show and I don't need
1: that in my life it gives very much like angsty teen mm-hmm. Glimmer yeah. is very much an angsty teen actually Glimmer's comment about Angela always being around Great line. These episodes were so tough to watch knowing what happens. At this point, tasering people is a part of Catra's fight or flight response. Like if she's panicking and she has a taser in her hand or around her, someone is going down. Another good line comes from Catra when she says to Shadow Weaver, you made me this way. Because no lie, no delusion, Catra is the way she is because of Miss Bitch. So this is the appropriate time to talk about voice acting specifically for Catra. Uh Uh-oh, I'm gonna botch this name, sorry. AJ Michalka does such a great job. I don't know what this girl does, but she does a great unhinged nervous laugh. Every time I hear Catra do it, I get a little spooked. Episode five, remember. Adora is a force captain who just successfully defeated Thamor. Everything is perfect, but wait, it's not. Adora is seeing visions or memories and time is skipping around. Adore finally remembers what happens and races to find the sword as the world around her breaks. Katra is corrupted.
0: I really love this episode. I still the that everyone treats Kyle. I'm really interested in this being Katra's perfect world, especially the scene where Shadow Weaver shows affection to Catra. It was a really interesting scene. Madame Rass is a really good character. I just wish she was utilized more.
1: Katra is suicidal, and we should talk about that more. But, the reason she does so many risky things is because she doesn't care if she lives or dies. Truly, everything she did after Shadow Weaver left her were actions of a frightened wild animal. That's literally the best way I can describe this. She really does believe she has nothing left to lose, so now she's going to take down everyone who's hurt her, no matter what it takes. If you look at her face right before she lets go and falls into the void, you see the face of someone who's given up. and. If this was a man doing this, I know in my heart's heart society would label him as a precious lost puppy that could be fixed with love and affection. But you people are so blindsided by sexism, you can't handle an emotionally complex female character and it's disgusting. You should be ashamed of yourselves. And yes, this is where my defensive side of Catcher really starts to shine because she deserves to be understood. But so many people out here are cowards that lack the emotional intelligence to understand her and I spit on the faces of those people. Anyway, this is one of my nightmares. Just constantly forgetting or not being able to remember things. Truly, if I don't say what I'm thinking within five seconds of thinking it, it's lost forever. Off to sleep with the stars. I'm sure you understand that, Marco.
0: What's that supposed to mean?
1: Whenever we talk, I'll like say something and then you'll be like, oh, I forgot.
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: (laughs) I'm sure you forgot about those instances too. Episode six. The portal. Adora goes to Bright Moon to try and get back to the beginning. Bo, Glimmer, and Adora find a Trapta, who tell them they need to remove the sword of protection from the portal. Angela sacrifices herself, and Shira destroys the portal.
0: Um, I honestly wish that we didn't get the queen to sacrifice herself because I feel like we still needed more of her and Glimmer and and their dynamic. Then again, I do understand that people just die randomly, and you can never like guess it. So I guess in a way. This is a decent death, I guess. Although, I guess she really didn't die. She's just trapped in there forever. Unless that counts as dying.
1: That's up for debate. I think I I read something somewhere that like someone was like, yeah, she's dead. But also, technically, the way they described it, no. Angela's just going to be there for, like forever.
0: So she'll probably starve to death.
1: Well, she's immortal. So I don't oh, know, she actually. she is? Yeah, she is. So I don't uh. know if she... I don't know if there are any, like, parameters around that. But also, what a horrible death to be, like, alone and just, like, starve to death or to, what is it, like, be so dehydrated that you just die mm-hmm. alone.
0: Terrible. Anyways, I love the fight between Adora and Katra, especially when Adora is like, it's not my fault that you're, like, a terrible person and everything. So that was great. Also, I got really sad in this episode near the end, which is kind of lame. But anyways, that's it.
1: I don't think it's lame. I think it's personally reasonable. Um lame. Yeah, actually you're right on that. (laughs) Micah alert, Micah alert. We love a short king. Also, I really fucking wish the notes alerting Adora was explained at least a smidgen. Like who's talking to her? What is talking to her? We don't know. Okay. Listeners, remember Glimmer saying, I'm sorry for everything to her parents. Well, okay. It looked like it was aimed towards both her parents, but I like to pretend that it was aimed towards her mom because it makes the parallels in this scene and the one that happens in season five, episode three, much more beautiful. Okay, corrupted Catra's speech towards Adora. It is time for me to speak my truth. She's right. And I say that with my whole heart because tucking my hair behind my ear She's just like me for real. My biggest Achilles heel when it comes to talking about Katra is it's really hard for me to give an objective opinion on her because I resonate with her so much. She is like the bad ending me. The way she's so cautious and bitter and resentful and feels like everyone is out to get her and no one is actually her friend. That's me if I never found my friend group. I really feel like I've lucked out with most of the friends I've made in my life. They've all made me believe that I can trust people and I can let them get close to me and not everyone that does something to upset me is actively doing it on purpose to sabotage me, though I still struggle with that last one. And I still feel all those negative things and have those negative thoughts, but to a much lesser and more manageable extent. So when people point at Katra's bad behavior and call her a bad person, I'm just sitting there twiddling my thumbs because I understand where she's coming from. Like, there's no excuse for her bad actions. There's an explanation. And I don't understand why people are so okay with ignoring the explanation and just dogpiling on her. Like I said before, do people want complex female characters or not? Just make up your mind.
0: The way people reacted to Princess Bubblegum reminds me of the same thing.
1: That was so bizarre. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's mostly men and straight women. Who said that? All that being said, I didn't like Adora's line. Quote, you made your choice, now live with it. Cause yes, it's true. But it's the same issue I've had with Adora's mindset on Katra this whole time, where she thinks Katra leaving the horde is just as easy of a decision as it was for Adora. And that is simply not true. Okay. <laughs> this is a little silly. I try not to make references to current events because it dates our episodes, but could you imagine if Katra made a ukulele apology for everything she did i kind of wish we got maybe one more major scene where angela was being a coward and a few more scenes of her just interacting with the other characters so that way her death seemed more impactful it was impactful to me because i've rewatched it a couple times but i feel like if we got like a a few more scenes of just her being there and interacting with people maybe it would have been like more impactful the first time someone watches it also catcher did not kill angela's mom technically and legally and last thing adora stepping out of the portal would have been a perfect time for her to have a costume change and it was ah it's it frustrates me so much because like literally like if there was any time for her to have one before season five where she has her next one it would have been then and we didn't get it wasted potential
0: Overall, I think this was a good season. I really like the ending, especially where Adora is trying to figure out what's going on in episode 5 and 6. I'm not a fan of Angela's sacrifice, and I do also agree with you that we should have gone more of Angela being a coward because she talks about how she's a coward. Like, we're supposed to be on Glimmer's side when Glimmer says that Angela is a coward, or she saw something along those lines, but I feel like I didn't really agree with that. I feel like we need to see more of Angela being a coward, not saying that she's a coward. Katra digging her hole deeper is honestly really enjoying to watch. And yeah, that's everything.
1: This was really an important season for Katra, Glimmer, and Adora, who I would argue are the main main characters, but was a minor main character. But this was the breaking point for all three of those characters. And just, it really sets up basically everything else that happens in season four and season five. It's amazing how much heavier each season gets. At the end of this season, I was really like, so is this like the, is this where it, it um levels out? Like, is it just gonna be this bad like the whole time? No, it gets worse. And I don't mean like like bad quality bad, I mean bad like these people are mentally ill. Youch! what a season, hey? Well, no matter, because it is time for a little segment I like to call it the Mediocre Minute. This is a tiny little micro moment where me and Marco recommend books, comics, music, games, and more for you all to use for a good old palate cleansing. My recommendation is Mooncakes by Suzanne Walker. I wanted to recommend something that was the opposite of this season and that's mostly what you'll get with this comic. It's supernatural, has diversity, has the childhood friends to lovers trope, and most importantly, a birdman, Marco what is your recommendation?
0: So I'm also recommending a gay comic, but it's a manga. Basically, it's My Love Mix-Up. This is about our main character, and I'm gonna mispronounce these names, by the way. It's about our main character, Aoki, and he has a crush on this girl named Hashimoto. But one day, they're taking a test or something, and Aoki asks Hashimoto for an eraser to borrow, and he was the eraser, and it says Ida on it, and Ida is the boy in front of him. And he thinks that Hashimoto has a crush on Ida and he's kind of pissed off about it. And then Ida looks behind him and sees that Aoki has an eraser that has his name on it. And so Ida's like, Do you have a crush on me? And I and Aoki to save Hashimoto's ass is like, Yeah, I guess I do now. And it's about their love. That's kind of messy but really sweet at the same time. And it's just a really good and fun time. I really enjoy it. There's no problematic stuff in here so far. So I do recommend it for a non-problematic read because I know a lot of stuff that I've recommended, especially Utina is kind of, kind of has some problematic stuff. But yeah, this is just a really sweet, innocent, fun time, and I recommend that. Anyways, you guys, that's our thoughts on Shira Princesses of Power Season 3. If you want to send us voice message on Spotify for podcasters, there'll be a link in the description to do so. We also have an Instagram, Twitter, TikTok that we haven't posted on, and threads, I think? And that's everything, so goodbye.
1: Jeepers.
0: Wait, it hasn't stopped. Stop.